Hello everyone and welcome to Fascinating Nouns, your nexus point of interesting people, places, things, and ideas. Today we'll be talking about both a person and a thing. In front of me, I have Steve Maison. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a fellow NAU alumnus. He's a star and producer of the movie Dying to Do Letterman, which is the thing we'll be talking about. He's also a, as a spoiler alert, performer on The Late Show with David Letterman. As well as a cancer survivor, technically, right, Steve? Technically, Welcome. that's yeah. That's uh, I guess cancer people say yeah, survivor. That's the, the, that's their uh, the cancer, their definition. If the you're still alive, people. you're a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Steve, let's uh, you know. I don't want to say this. I don't want to spoil anything. But most people listening to this will not know who you are. So tell no, me, yeah, tell me about your relevance. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you relevant? I was born in a small cabin. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm a uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, that's kind of, uh, I guess, uh, the, the best definition of, of me. Uh, that's how I make my living. And um, yeah, the, the documentary you're talking about, Dying to Do Letterman, it was, uh, was about uh, me getting uh, cancer about six years into my uh, comedy career. I was making a, a living at it full time. And, mm. uh, and having a wake-up call, I, I, I got on the diagnosis. I was told that uh, worst case scenario, I would only have uh, five years to live. And so... Uh, that, was, that was seven years ago, so uh, we're on the good side of that. But uh, thank God, it's nice when that's good. <laughs> doctors Next are Next question is going to be, yes. where are we in the time frame? This is, we'll this only was do an hour. This I don't was five to... years ago <laughs> today, so talk hopefully about... we'll make it through this podcast. <laughs> that's what makes a man feel guilty. I'm going to take away an hour of your life. When... <laughs> today isn't March 8th, is it? No. That's, no. Oh, God damn. That was the day they yeah. told me it yeah. would happen. Is that true? No, no, no. Oh, no, oh, no, it I was wasn't. like, You know, actually, it was. People always ask me. Uh, and a lot of cancer uh, people, I, it, this was a community I didn't know much about, obviously, even when you said the survivor thing. Um, uh, I didn't know what survivor pertained to originally. Like, is it, is it people who beat cancer? Is it people who are yeah. living with cancer? And they use it for any, anyone who's alive uh, and has had cancer at any point. But anyways, it was a community I wasn't uh, Wait, hold on. With. So, so even if you're currently losing the battle to cancer yes, your cancer they, survivor they technically still, yeah they're because you're living with that so yeah listen <laughs> living with it is surviving living with it whether is you're dying or not. until right yeah so to the minute you die you're a survivor <laughs> i think we should go with the uh with the actual uh tv show survivor definition if you haven't been voted out of the cancer community <laughs> right. like, then, then you're still you're the you're a survivor interesting um but yeah, I forget my point. But yeah, it was a community I, I wasn't too familiar with. Uh, so yeah, some of the terminology and, and stuff like that. Uh, oh, but that—that's my point. Yeah. Some people know their their date they got diagnosed. They know hmm. the you know where they were, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I know where I was when I got it, but I, I don't yeah. remember the date. But it was actually doctor's around this office, time of year. I imagine. Yes, it was a doctor's yeah. office. It was actually a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Some homeless guy was like, "You're gonna die in five years. <laughs> You're not an oncologist, are you? No, but uh, we should take this seriously." But uh, yeah, I don't know the exact date. It's one of those like I try. I, I remember good dates, not, yeah. not bad dates. I try. That's the, the way I try and look at it. But it, it was actually this kind of. I think it was March. It huh. was. A, I do kind of remember that it was this time of year. Wow! So Congratulations. That's, that's kind of funny. Man. Yeah. So um, I tend to remember bad dates more than I remember do you? good dates. Do you? I, that's yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, going out on dates. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> those the bad ones stick with me. Those are more memorable. Well, uh, I guess yeah, there are some good ones. So the um, so the whole premise of the of the movie is you are going to get on the David Letterman show. 
Yes. That's the premise of the movie. Is that, yeah, I, I give myself, I decide, wow, one of my big dreams that I've always kind of been waiting on or, you know, uh, figured would happen. Yeah. I had plenty of time. I'd been saying kind of, you know, someday I'll do this, is, is I was going to perform on the David Letterman show. All of a sudden there was a time frame. I need to make this happen. It was one of those things. I decided whatever time I have left, I'm going to dedicate to making this dream of, of performing on Letterman come true. So uh, that's, that's yeah. Uh, it started out as a website. It wasn't a documentary or anything like that. It was just a project of me trying to get on Letterman. And I called it Dying to Do Letterman. Uh, so it started out as a website. Yeah, yeah this is crazy because hmm. now we're in 2013. But this is, yeah. this is 2005. Yeah. There's no... No internet, no, well, no, no computers. <laughs> internet. People are like, what is this? But uh, no, there's no Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, oh, yeah. Facebook was just kind of getting started, but no one was on it yet. Yeah. Uh, but these are things I probably would have done at that point. Like I would have started this thing and let people know, hey, I have this project. Look at my comedy. Yeah. Um, tell me what you think. I wanna, I'm want i trying to you know, get on Letterman. But I started a website, and it was called Dying to Do Letterman. And I, I, it just, I had videos of my comedy. And I asked people, I told them, you know, here's my situation. If you think I'm funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, here's a link at the bottom. You can email Dave and say, I think this guy's funny enough. And if you don't think I'm funny enough, that, you know, you don't have to do anything. But, right. So people started hearing about it right away. And then, <laughs> Oh, that's good. I didn't, yeah, know, where the, I didn't know where you're going with crazy. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people started hearing about it and writing me and saying, hey, you're hilarious. I emailed Dave. And uh, some filmmaker friends uh, heard about the project and reached out to me and uh, said, oh, my God, we, we – you know, they were on the road working on projects, and so they were like, so sorry to hear about the diagnosis. Can we help in any way? And they actually said, uh, we know some people at NBC. Uh, would, would you be interested in going on Leno? And I was like, meh, no. Uh, <laughs> and not that I wouldn't go on Leno, but that wasn't my dream. You know what I mean? It would have yeah. changed the, the whole thing. It's, yeah, you know what I mean? Dying like, to do Leno. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, like, who? Really? Right? What? So, uh, but they... They said, can we do anything else? And we had been putting all these videos up on my website. And my, my wife suggested, um, you know, you should uh, you should keep these. Maybe in the end we'll have a documentary or something. So I'm not a filmmaker, so I asked the, the friends. I was like, would you be interested in this? And uh, luckily they were. And that's how the documentary part of it kind of came about. Huh. Okay. Well, let's go back for a second because I want to yeah, get to the documentary. No, 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 no. I want to get to the documentary, but I want to I go in order. Yeah. Um, because I'm curious how the whole process worked. Um, with the documentary, but let's talk about. Here's what's interesting about the movie, and I, I'm not. I, want, I don't want to give too much away because people should see this movie no matter what. It's an it's an amazing movie. Oh, thanks. Andy. Uh, it's really it's really good. It's really well done. But here's what here's what kind of blew me away about it is it's not a movie about cancer at all. As a matter of fact, you all, except for the beginning when you mention it, and obviously it's your motivation as your engine. Yeah. It's not mentioned at all. Like you don't really talk about it. You drink. I don't know what the crap was you were drinking, but every now and again you'll take a swig of this disgusting <laughs> yeah, green looking fluid. Master cleanse stuff. Yeah. People <laughs> may have heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. It's uh, what is lemon that, juice, cayenne pepper. Oh, the Beyonce thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that. It's that <laughs> really? same thing. Yeah. It's a, It doesn't it's work. The, it's BS. Uh, listen, uh, my wife is in the other room. She's the one right. who who tricks me into all these things. Like she hears the, or about their. You got dirt, man. Yeah, listen. Uh, <laughs> I'm married. Of course, I got dirt. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yes, yeah, so you don't talk about it much at all. But um, when you so are you so you're doing more of an Eastern alternative. I uh, a little bit of both. We kind of took two two different things. There, the diagnosis I had uh, cancer was in my intestines and it spread to my liver. So the intestines, that was the source. They were, you know, luckily you have 25 feet of intestines. They were able to cut, but they were able to just cut out the source, you know, on either end, about a foot of my intestines. Um, You still have that? Yeah, so I, do the actual intestines? Yeah. No, no. no. (laughs) I should have kept it in a jar. Like a formaldehyde, a little creepy little jar, yeah. 
But I do. I uh, I uh, I go I go to the bathroom a little quicker than I used to. It's a cool. little quicker. It's, it's, it's like a half half second faster now. If we were to race, I would I would just uh, edge out. I got a little. It's a little faster track. Right. But uh, the part in the the that went to the liver. There's no treatment or cure for this kind of tumor that's in in my liver. Now, luckily, uh, then and even now, over these past uh, seven years of the diagnosis, nothing's happened. But because there's no treatment or cure. Uh, that's the worry that when it eventually starts affecting my liver, that's wow. There's there's nothing they can do about it. But I, I've stayed away from that. Now, it's bittersweet because the good side of that is, after that initial diagnosis and dealing with the intestinal part, day to day life has been pretty normal because hmm. because I haven't had to do. They haven't given me radiation. They haven't given me chemotherapy because those right. things won't do anything for my tumors. Right. So after that first year of the diagnosis. I've, I've pretty much, I mean, look, if you just saw me, you wouldn't know I have cancer and then right. I have this thing I, that's, it's terminal. You I know, thought you were lying. Four. I'm looking at you. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, right. I was like, this guy's So he's fine. It's yeah, not, right. He's promoting a movie, this <laughs> guy. Right, actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, you wouldn't look at me. The most cancer patients, in fact, this is always a funny story. I tell this on stage sometimes. I am the only cancer patient, I think, in the history of cancer patients where my doctor said to me one time, he's like, you need to lose a little weight. Like every other <laughs> oncologist is always telling his, oh, his patients like gains gain weight yeah, you need yeah. to gain weight you're like i listen that's, oh, that's so i have used after that initial year like i was i was you know i kind of then looked like i had cancer you know what I mean? but after then like what size yeah. i i run that that uh like people would be like oh i you're gonna live completely healthy after that so that you live as long as possible well, i i go so, to such extremes of that like i i'm very healthy for a while and then part of me is like you know what? You gotta live, and you gotta, right, yeah. you gotta have some brownies, and and, and, yeah. uh, and that. So I, I go back and forth. I, I fly back and forth. But it, it was one of the funniest things. Like even for my oncologist, one day to just be like, Steve, you, you probably need to lose <laughs> lose like 15, 20 pounds. Like yeah. it's just so funny because he he has a history, of course, telling people, sure, eat, eat, eat. Like you know, yeah. and here he is telling me like, that's he, so funny. Just, yeah. So I'm probably the only guy that's. Uh, that's gone that direction. Well, so it is kind of weird, double-edged sword, where there is no cure, so the cure is not going to kill you. Because I'm, I'm not a fan of radiation and all that. So it's kind of right. one of those weird things where it's like, oh, you're great because that's not affecting you because you don't have. But the, the liver, and I, I don't know if this will play a part in, but the yeah. liver is the most regenerative yes. organ in your body, which you're is right. If uh, you're, you're exactly right, you can cut half your liver off, yeah. and it will it'll it'll grow back. Right. Uh, the problem is, I have uh, my tumors are all over. It's all encompassing. It's basically on every part of it. Can't just like sh like so they can't shave them. They anything. can't. Yeah. So so none of that. No. Um, there was early on. I mean, people have told me like I've gotten emails from people, you know, as as they've heard about this project and stuff like that. I mean, there, there's you know billion dollar industries of people like you were talking about the master yeah. cleanse and yeah. that the lemon juice kind of thing and the scam of that there's so many alternative you know I, I i'm skeptical about everything but my wife she, she's very into all the holistic stuff and the, and i'll try yeah. anything i mean yeah. look if, if, if it might work i'll try it sure so um but there's people who have emailed me they're like you need to go to indonesia mm. and they will give you someone else's liver like that like they won't do that here <laughs> Because you have cancer right. and, you know, they're worried that you're going to waste your liver because the cancer is going to come back. You right. know, like there's a certain amount of time you need to be clean and that kind of thing. But, they're, you know, people email me all the time saying, like, just wow. go here. You can right. get someone else's liver for, you know, $20,000. Like, it's, it's nuts. So, 
I mean, every day I'm getting something from someone. They hear about it and they're like, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. I mean, yeah. you know, everyone has an answer except, yeah. you know. Well, cancer is one of those weird things where people, there are weird kind of alternative remedies that people are showing a lot of results with. And I mean, this isn't a, this is an interview about the pharmaceutical yeah. industry, but there's, there's definitely a desire to keep people sick, to keep making money in the, in the, you know, business. Then there are ways you can, you know, it's interesting. Cancer is interesting. No, know? no, no, it, exactly. And it opens up all these things. Listen, there's, there's the side that there's, just like you said, there's mm -hmm. the, the angle where people are like, you know what? You don't make money by curing people. You make right. money by treating people. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then there's also the side. Look, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, was probably the most famous version of he. He went completely holistic for a while yeah. and wouldn't do any uh, kind of Western medicine. Yeah. And in the end, he admitted that he should have been doing a lot more Western medicine. Like hmm. he, you know what I mean? So there, yeah. there, it's it's that thing. We don't have all the answers yet, and yeah. unfortunately. There's a lot of answers out there, yeah. but we haven't sifted it. And, and cancer is one of those things. It's such an all-encompassing word, but yeah. you know, there's there's like I don't know. This isn't a, don't quote me on this number, but there's yeah. like ten thousand types of cancer. You know, what I mean, each one yeah. is yeah, so yeah. different. So yeah. something that helps on one thing doesn't exactly help on another, and and you know, all those kind of it comes under a big, yeah. you know, uh, big tent kind of. I mean, like so, even men's breast cancer isn't fought the same way that women's breast cancer is because they're two I different didn't know organs. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. That's a, you know, the, these tiny little things that change it. But, you know, your point was you were ringing up the, the movie not being a cancer movie. I, I, we said this, me and that, the filmmakers, all the time. When we sat down that first time yeah. to talk about do we want to move, because they were friends, and they're like, look, if we're going to make a real documentary, we don't want to make a... Uh, I'm not trashing the, the Hallmark Channel or anything. We don't want to make a Hallmark movie. It's just some sweet kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, we want to do a real thing. Like, when you're feeling bad, we want to show that. We're not going to be able to, as your friends, put the camera down and come give you a hug. Yeah. We're going to shoot away when things are bad, when you're crying or you're sad or you get bad news. It's, yeah. That's it. Um, so, you know, we had to talk about stuff like that. But one of the things we said early on... Uh, Look, if you say cancer and documentary, I say I'm busy that night. <laughs> I'm not right. there. Like, right, right, we didn't right. want to make that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that that movie has been made, and that's you know what to expect from that. We thought, you know, look, my approach. I'm a comedian. I like to laugh at things. One yeah. of our approaches was to lighten the mood, lighten the subject. The movie is really about chasing your dreams. That's, yeah. and I think everyone can movie. relate to that. You yeah. know, more of that. There's a cancer angle. There's a comedy angle. There's you know, healthcare angle. There's all these little parts to it, but in the in the end, it's yeah, it's about chasing your dreams and that kind of yeah. thing. That's the movie we wanted to make. Well, what's great about that is, I mean, it, whether it's cancer or some people, you know, in LA, getting too old becomes a big thing, or you know, being yes. you know, being a certain race or whatever. Like you have to do it before time is is out. Right. Like you know, because at a certain point, you know, Latin music was really popular, so it's like you got to get popular now. now. Like it's weird. Like yes, it's weird yeah. how it works. And so it's one of those things where you have to, you know, if you feel time's running out and you, you need some kind of engine generator. Sure. Um, which brings me to my next question. But I want to tell a story really quickly yeah. about that. Um, I remember the thing, the thing I loved about the movie, not giving it away, is it's a really feel-good movie. And, yeah. I mean, it's really inspiring in a way. And I remember I went to one of my – just to make on your point about cancer movies. Yeah. I went with a friend of mine to an independent movie. She said, oh, my friend made this movie about her, you know, his – mom dying of cancer and I was like I don't want to see that yeah. she's like no it'll be fine I don't know why I went I wasn't even interested in this girl at right, all right. it wasn't like there was <laughs> no, 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 no. yeah it wasn't like oh <laughs> you know I'll murmur you know, yeah, right. it was 
so I'm watching the movie, and in the beginning, you know, they, they had this, like, narration where it was like, oh, it was really tough in the beginning, but in the end, it was okay. So the whole movie, I'm thinking, oh, everything's going to be great, and I, I, I really want to see it get bad and then see what happens and see that, okay, there's hope. The and she sur- yeah. yeah, she survives, and okay, how can this get spread? You know, how can this be passed on? And I'm watching the movie, watching the movie, and like an hour and 15 minutes in, you know, his mom, he's just filming his mom, and she's getting worse and worse and worse, and I'm really uncomfortable. There's no happy ending. She oh, dies, no. and it's like... Dude, it was like the most miserable experience <laughs> in the world because you just you watch a woman no. deteriorate. Yeah, you, you grow and into like, here, right? Yeah, and I'm like, I feel for her, I feel for the family, sure. and it just ripped my heart out. And I'm like, why would you make this movie? Like, if you want it, if you need like that thing where you have to film it to feel better about it, keep it in your home right. movies and watch. Yeah. It. Don't make other oh your friends God, bring everyone down. Yeah, yeah like, it was hey, the worst good. thing in the world. <laughs> what's it called? Hey, we all have cancer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my God, it was so bad. But this is oh, that's what no. I love. This is so not that at all. Um, so go see the movie, Dying to Do Letterman. Um, so anyway, so the, the point I wanted to make is the weird phenomenon is cancer was your engine. Yeah, it was, your motivation. The, it was the, yeah, the drive. Yeah. But now that both you've been on Letterman, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, and that you um, you are not suffering any ill effects from cancer. Knock yeah, on knock wood. on our wood floor. Um, what motivates you now? Like, what's the what's pushing you forward? Here's here's the great thing is, uh, and this happened way before Letterman. Again, the, the Letterman thing, you know, you see it on spools. It's one of those things. Even knowing that I got on Letterman, I think you know, you see, it's one of those things. The journey's kind of the cool part, seeing right. it unfold in the movie and how it happens and all the twists and turns and, and amazing things that happen in it. Um, but even just when I put up that website originally, people started reaching out to me, other people like saying, oh my God, I heard about your story and that what you're doing, you're trying to live this dream. It's amazing. You've inspired me. I was kind of, uh, I had always said I wanted to do this and I've never done it. And now I'm going to do it because I heard about your story. Yeah. So that's been kind of a cool thing. I mean, me saying, and you even see in the movie, uh, me saying, I want to be, I'm going to spend whatever time I have left. You know, now I know it's seven years, but at that point, I, I didn't know if mm. in three or four or five years I was not going to be around. So I was using all that time and, and with my, my girlfriend and my wife now, my family, focusing on that stuff. So it's kind of a selfish dream mm. to, to say this is what I'm going to spend my time doing. But the thing that's made it a little less selfish is along the way, all these people started reaching out and saying, hey, you've inspired me to pick up this dream I left behind. And uh, so... That's been the great thing that's, that's allowed me, even after getting on Letterman and now the movie, every time people hear about it, I hear about people that they'll send me stuff. And we had these buttons at, at one of these uh, that we started at one of the festivals. And it says, I'm dying to, like I was dying to be on Letterman. I'm dying to run a marathon. I'm dying to write a book. And the, we would hand them out and write, write on them for people, what they're dying to do. And people send me on Facebook and stuff and, and email uh, all this stuff saying what they've done, what they've accomplished. So it's been this nice thing. So to just to share the story has been so great. Now, that's kind of my next thing is to just share it as much as possible because I hear about all these amazing things that other people do just by hearing you story. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like yeah. other people learning the lesson without having to get cancer or something. That You know what I mean? Like yeah. You got uh, cancer for all of us. Listen, it, in, in some way, it, it's, it's Thank like you. that. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. <laughs> but it is, I think, listen, I have friends... I have friends who were completely healthy who passed away during that time, like in car accidents or, mm, uh, you know, wow. drug problems, that kind of thing in those those five years. So I'm the one who everyone thought would be gone in those five years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you nev- you just never know what, what lays out in your future. So you, yeah. that's the lesson, I think, is that, y- you know, y- it's not how much time ha- you have. It's what you do with it. you got to stay on top of whatever your real dream and focus is. That is true. Now, the buttons you give out, they say dying to do when you write it in. I'm dying to... 
Like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> but none not, of not I'm dying too. Like I'm dying also. But like that's I'm what I'm saying because none of them blank. are dying, so it seems like false <laughs> advertising. <laughs> well, we are, this, this is my message. I don't yeah. know if you you've seen it. Is we are all dying, right? Like, <laughs> Uplifting. <laughs> yes, you are. We all are dying. Unless you're a Highlander, yeah. <laughs> you are going to die. <laughs> so you need yeah. to uh, listen. Like I said, I have friends that have passed away in the in that meantime. We're all we're all going to hit it. We all think we have. A lot more time probably than we really do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't you don't you don't have the day in your calendar when it's gonna when it's gonna stop. You know, we all yeah. think we're gonna live to seventy eight or eighty or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, you know, most likely you're not you're not gonna hit that date. So you really need to be on top of it. So that that's the thing. What are you what are you dying to do? Ask yourself that. And uh, if I really only had a certain amount of time, if I really had ten years or whatever it might be, what would I really be spending my time doing? And that's it, it's just a good way to organize your priorities. What do I want to accomplish? Because, uh, listen, I knew I wanted to be on Letterman when I started comedy. Hmm. But I was, again, we were talking about this before we started the podcast. It, it's easy. Life gives you a routine, and it's easy just to, to go through it and do what hmm. you have to rather than what you want to. Right. So that, that's the wake-up call. And that's been the great thing, like I said, is, is people see the movie or just hear about it, and, and they'll pick it up. So sharing the story is a big thing. I mean, it, it's been great. Like, this was a lifelong dream, so I think there would be a letdown after completing it <laughs> but luckily i've had you know there's a documentary and other things and we have a book and you know all that's that stuff that, that it's turned into so. so cancer's kind of brought you a lot of good things it really has i, I mean, gotta say give, listen uh, i like to say uh i have made the biggest cup of lemonade from <laughs> from some lemons that's true <laughs> uh so let's talk about the process of getting on letterman because this yeah. is like this is this was amazing to me because this was my favorite part of the film is watching what does it actually take Logistically, yeah, to get a, on Letterman, it's not like oh, I, it's not even I have to be good, you yeah. know. Um, so uh, now let's talk about the, when you started the process. You sent them a reel, and then you basically got a letter back saying, "Hey, kid, thanks a lot, but yeah. you got no future. We'll see you later." Right, right. It was yeah. uh, they were taking it as a make a wish thing, and like, yeah, hey, right. so oh, yeah, very yeah, sorry, yeah. very sad to hear that you have cancer, uh, but but <laughs> but <laughs> we're not that sorry. Yeah, how sorry can uh, you be? But yeah, they took that angle of it. Listen, I, I didn't. I, I never wanted them to say like, "Oh, you have cancer? Please come on the show." I wanted them to look at me because I thought I might only have five years. I didn't. I didn't know the whole process of how it would work to get on Letterman. Mm. So I wanted them to hear about me. That's why I started this project. Take a look at me. Take a look at these videos I have that I was showing other people and people were emailing them about. Uh, but when they first saw it, and I'm sure they get lots of things like this, and that's it's almost like their protocol of doing it. They wrote me a letter back. You know, it had the Letterman letterhead and everything on it. That's it nice. was uh, it was the producer of the show. I know her name, you know, from being a fan of the right. show. So her name's on there, and I was, you know, oh, great, they, they heard about me. And she says in the letter, you will not be on the show. And in then there was, you know, I could see it. Like, I could see it, like, shooting out, like, in bold. It wasn't in bold, but it, it the word impossible is in the letter. Wow. It'll be impossible to put you on. Um, wow. you know, uh, cause they, you know, she's saying we get requests like this all the time. So it, it, it was another bittersweet moment. You know, one of those where you look at it and it's, you, you make lemons and, and, and turn it the right way. I think it, it was, it sucked and seeing impossible was terrible. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, they heard about you. They yeah. know, they know about you now. So you you're got their saying attention. there's a chance. <laughs> exactly. That's a, it's kind of that thing. It's like, okay, well now. Now you don't have to get them to hear about you anymore. Now you just have to convince them right. that you're. They don't think you're a comic. They think this is some cancer person who's gonna, you right. know. They don't. They didn't know that I've been doing comedy for six years at that point. Right. They didn't know how good I was or anything like that. Yeah. They just heard this cancer side and they're like, "We're not gonna have some guy." They didn't know if I was gonna come out with an IV pole or something <laughs> like that or whatever it might be. Right. 
But, you know, again, it was, they had heard about me. So now I was like, all right, now you just got to convince them that you're good enough to be on the show. So that's when it huh. really started, um, you know, sending as much tape as possible, getting them to watch as much as I could and, uh, of all their stuff. And, uh, you know, eventually they're the, the person who books it versus the, the producer of the show, the person who books the comics, getting his attention and then, uh, you know, over and over sending him tapes. And, you know, you see in the movie – uh, you know, I send him, I get him to watch, you know, the first five minutes I send him and he, I think he likes two minutes of it and the other three, he's like, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have this on the show. This isn't the right kind of thing. You're funny, but it's not Letterman right. type stuff. So then it's trying to replicate those, you know, those, the, the two minutes he does like and, and write jokes like that. Right. You know, but then that's the, it's, it's that thing when we were talking, just the balance of life. Like sometimes you go to the extreme of, of, oh, I got to be healthy now that I have cancer. And then yeah. uh, the other, the extreme is. I gotta have fun while I'm here. You know, this the same kind of thing with him coming to me and saying, uh, "Here's here's the jokes we like that you're doing." Um, I had comics, and you see him in the movie who had been on Letterman. Some of them saying, "Will you send out do little, that? Do do more of what he likes?" And then others saying, "No, do what you like." Right. And if they don't like it, who cares? <laughs> you still got you got to do what you like. You know what I mean? So it's it's that balance too. Like. I want to be on the show, so I have to do what they want. But, right, you want to be true to yourself and do the humor that you like. So yeah. it's, it, there's always that kind of balance to everything. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, because you really – I mean, everyone tells you, like, do what you love and then everything else will follow. But when, when the thing you want to do is telling you don't do that, and you're like, no, but no, but it's good. And you're trying to convince, like, this veteran of television well, of course, late yeah. night, like, no, 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 what I'm doing is funny. And he's like, well, it's not our kind of funny. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're right. Like, no, it, it is. It's easy to say, right. It's very easy to say, yeah, do what you love and it'll all fall. I mean, Hitler was doing what he loved, <laughs> right? That doesn't mean people like it. Right? No, that's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and he was successful for was, a while. Well, that's I true. Mean, I guess, right. Gonna... It was a measure of success. Yeah. So. Um, so you so you contacted I want to get it because that's Eddie Brill who you're talking Eddie Brill about. yeah I didn't know if you if you wanted I'd, names right yeah Eddie Brill so. I, I, well because I want to talk to I only I want to talk about um, him in a second but so the process when so you you after you were uh, can I say rejected yeah no okay. many times yeah. after you rejected it, the impossibility oh my so God. you sent out letters to everyone who every comic who'd been on Letterman yes there was a How list did, one of my friends uh, gave me a list when he, he you know he heard about the project and it, all my friends would help you can see some in the movie. A lot of stuff we just didn't couldn't get in. We shot over 300 hours of footage over the, wow. the years. Um, but he gave me a list of every comic, even back to his old NBC show after Carson, uh, that had, had been on Letterman. So I reached out to everyone. I did as much research as I could. Reached out to every comic I could who had ever been on Letterman. Uh, you know, some I reached out through their manager. Some you were able to go through their website. Some right. was, you know, like just a personal email yeah, that I was able <laughs> yeah. to cover. And uh, strangely enough... Um, the ones you see in the movie, minus two, are all the people who got back to me. So, so, give me so there's number, probably hundreds. I was going to say, how many did you send I, out? I would guess, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. The list, I would think, was probably 100 names. And so there's maybe a dozen you see in the movie. So 10% return rate. 10% return. But I will say, the, the people you see in the movie, no, notorious is the wrong word, uh, but famously <laughs> nice. I mean, those are yeah. all people you hear great things about. So, yeah. and, and this proves it, that they they wrote back and said, yeah, I would love to talk to you about my Letterman experience. You know, Jim Gaffigan, Ray Romano, yeah. Kevin Nealon, uh, Arj Barker, all, the, all these guys, um, you know, uh, like I said, are, are, are known for being great, great people. And uh, to give me their time and let me interview them about their Letterman experience was, was even better. But, yeah. yeah, there was a bunch of very famous people. Uh, you know, I don't want to trash any, any, any people. <laughs> Did anyone uh, come back and say, like, there's not a chance I would ever talk to you? Like, was anyone really? No one was mean about it. You have it, to give but names, but, but I'm was just, just curious if you got yeah, bad responses. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, Sarah Silverman's manager wrote yeah. back and was just like, uh, Sarah doesn't have time for this. 
You know, it, it wasn't like it wasn't. Uh, She's busy writing poop jokes. Which, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't mean. Like uh, she was saying that. She was just saying she's too busy. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. like not, not time for you. That's not even her. That's what's. It's not even exactly. that she didn't right. say that. It's her right. manager. Who knows if she was ever asked? You can't know, even know about it. That, of course. Um, what is funny is, and these are all nice people, but there's one. There's one part that stuck out. It sticks with me. Arj Barker, who was on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you're sitting down talking to him. And and you you literally just clarifying and you go oh wait how many times have you been on Letterman <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he goes more than you or like <laughs> yeah. how many times have you been on how Letterman how many times have you been on and I was like and then then you say no no I'm just curious and, you, and he's like oh dude I'm sorry man like like as if <laughs> only one time was so offensive so that he funny. deserved to be on and I was like man what a jerk like why it's did so, it trigger that reaction it, it was so funny listen <laughs> like, I. I was like, he was one of my favorites happened? ever. He was kind of the big comic in San Francisco. when I That's where I started comedy. It was in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of there. So I know his humor. And I, in the movie, I crack up when he says it. <laughs> it was, it well, was funny. Because I, I kind of understand, A, his smartassness of, of what he's saying. Right. And, but also, it was coming from a real place. Of him <laughs> Definitely. Being like, yeah. Because yeah. I, I think the wording was, I say... Uh, you know, when were you on Letterman? He names the date, and I say just that one time, and then he goes, he goes, yeah. How many times have you been? That's on? that's like, you know? exactly what it so, was. So yeah, yeah. uh, you know, and, I, and so I crack up because I realize, wow, that was a weird way to say what I was saying. Like I was just asking for clarification that you know, and, yeah. and, and it's so funny. I mean, he's just you know so quick and smart. Hey, talking about being good people, I yeah. I would assume in the in the earphones. I don't have earphones. Can you hear the dogs barking? I, I can hear the dogs <laughs> because I, we should say the reason people are going to be wondering. What are these dogs? You rescued a dog today. I, this isn't about me. This, no, I know, this but, thing, I, but we should you. say that because people are going to be like, what are these crazy dogs in the back? I there just want to get there that are dogs out. In the that, background, yes. that there's a dog in the background because you rescued a dog on yes. the way to do the podcast. And it was, it was, and I'm a very humble guy, but it was downright heroic what you I did. You were under a I car was, and was, when the light was turning green, you yeah. had to hit a car or yeah. pound in the car so they wouldn't drive away <laughs> yeah. over you and the dog. And the dog, yeah. I so, told myself, and I was yanking a dog out from under a car that I was convinced was going to sink its teeth into my hand yeah. and would have make it easier to pull it out, but it would have... <laughs> yeah, the church is pull it out. <laughs> yeah. But I think people should know Thank that you, the dog in the background, Thank yeah, you. is one that, that you rescued. So. Uh, he, had a, he had a movie, he was pitching me on the way over, he said, <laughs> right. dying to get out from... <laughs> dying to do stupid pet <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, he wants to get a letter. <laughs> We're going to take him back to Letterman. <laughs> uh, so Kevin Nealon, in the, in the movie, he... That's not his house, is it? Is That's it? his trailer on Weeds, actually. Okay, I was curious because so I'm like, Weeds fan. I half a second, and I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I was like, dude, is he living a trailer? <laughs> like, yeah, what happened? Because he seemed like a nice guy. Like, did he snort his money he, away? Did he what take happened? All the money away? No. Yeah. So yeah, that was his trailer on Weeds, and uh, yeah, he, he's he funny. was nice he's enough funny. to yeah let me come there. Yeah. Wow, what a nice! I've heard great things about he's, him. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's super nice, and I think yeah. so funny. He's one of those guys. I mean, he has one of the funny lines. In the yeah. film, we we filmed it as trailer, <laughs> and then of course the the documentarians they're like, all right, Steve, we just want to get a shot of you leaving, yeah. you know, the trailer after the interview. So I walk out of the trailer, and this is obviously years before I was a letter, but I walk out of the trailer. So Kevin's in there with the film crew, and he looks at the camera and he says, uh, "It's never gonna happen. Like, right. yeah. I, this, kid, really this kid's never getting on." Yeah. It's so really it's just so funny, like one of the great lines in the movie. Um, so let's talk about Eddie Brill because this guy's a character, and the interactions with, with you and him, the, those that and, and Harsh Parker are my favorite parts. You know, this is we didn't get back to it, but let me oh, just so, say yeah, before because yeah. I think this leads into it. Yeah. I say a cancer and documentary. I say I don't want to see that film. Yeah. So that's a, that's the thing. I think you see the film. There's a, there's laughter in it, and it's it's about yeah. dreams and that kind of thing. This is I think what you're pointing to. There, there's a lot of funny 
lot in of the movie. It's not what you'd expect from a movie like yeah. you hear cancer. So sorry yeah. to interrupt. You, no, sorry. no, it's fine. And, and plus, it's about comics and about you yeah. being funny. So like you would hope, and you're a funny guy. Yeah, like you're a funny guy, um, which is good because it would be really well, bad. No, if you exactly. Were a bad right. comic. Which you're then, right. It might be funny in a different way. That awkward comedy. Uh, but that's gonna. So I want you to remember what I just said. Yeah. Everyone listening, because no, I'm no, gonna no. come right back to that in five minutes. <laughs> no, it's uh, so here's where we're going. So we're gonna start with Eddie Brill. Who yes. Who he's? What is he exactly? He's the so he the, he does two things the for Booker, the Letterman right? show. He's the, he's the audience warm up guy. And, oh, okay. And okay. he's the uh, comedian uh, Booker. He's a uh, comedian himself. He actually went to. He was a Boston guy. I think he was he. Yeah, I think that's where he started. Maybe he went to Emerson. A bunch of comics went there. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, so he he tours the country doing comedy. Uh, but when he's um, when the show shooting, he warms up the audience and books oh, comedians. Okay. So. And how many comedians are on? Because I don't watch it's I don't watch a lot of late yeah. TV, but it's like once a week, maybe. Uh, once, twice maybe a week? Uh, if you're lucky, once a week. I'd say more often every other week, wow. and then it's extra hard. So you, you figure 52 weeks, so that's 26 comics. They're not shooting every week, so mm, right. it's maybe 18 or so when you get that that, um, and then. A lot of it are comics they've had on before, yeah. like you see in the movie. I interviewed Brian Regan as one of the guys. He's my favorite comic. He's been on, I oh, think, yeah. 27 times Yeah, now. I was going to say, yeah. Jake Johansson yeah. has been on 40 sometimes. Like, it's, so there's those guys taking up a lot of those spots, the guys right. that they've already had on. So there's not a lot of opportunity. I mean, you're you're looking yeah. at maybe 10, 10 new people maybe they'll have each year. Maybe. Yeah. Well, and that's what's funny, and I guess I should have asked this before, but how come Letterman? Because it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a marker for success, given he's been on 21 seven times, and I've never heard of him. Right. I'm not a marker for success either. No, 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 no. one's heard of me, but... Here's, here's the thing. I think this is the big switch. Uh, I, I think it's cable television is the switch. Not, not that uh, there wasn't something special about Johnny Carson. There was. But people always were like, Johnny Carson was the guy. If you were a comedian, you went on his hmm. show. Let's say, and you had the, the set that I had on Letterman. You in a couple weeks you'd have a production deal and you'd they'd be making a, a show around you. That's that's how it used to work on Carson. You'd get called over to the couch and you know Drew Carey, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Gary Shandling, all those guys, and they'd have a, a they'd be household names. Stephen Wright, you know, yeah. the, the next day after the show. But you you forget there were three channels at that time when yeah. you know so a third of the country saw that person that night. That's true. Yeah. So I think the ratings back then, like you know, I, I want to say it was like 20, 30 million people used to watch Johnny Carson. Now a good ratings night, I think, for Letterman or Leno is like three million. Yeah. So it, it's a different number. There's a lot of different things people watch. There, there's there's there six was, late night shows. There's six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, it's not the same thing. I mean, great things happen for for guys. You know, it, it it definitely helps your career that kind of thing. But even even me wanting to get on Letterman, it was it was about Letterman. It wasn't about what might come of Letterman. It was just it's it's the. Um, you know, it's it's the pinnacle of comedy to perform on his show. It used to be Carson, yeah, and and now it's Letterman. So that that was the thing. But even before, like I I fell in love with Letterman. I wanted to be on even when Carson was still on. I wanted to be mm. on Letterman show because mm. I was like, uh, not that I would have turned Carson down. <laughs> like right. you know, I wasn't doing comedy. You wouldn't turn Carson on. down the way you turned down Letterman. Right? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that same kind of thing. I would I would do those shows. But he was the guy. He's the guy that made me want to do stand up comedy. And then mm. I was like, oh, I like the the comics that he has on. Wow. Um, okay, so let's get to Eddie Brill. So we're back okay, in. So, so yeah, he's a warm-up guy, comedian, comedian uh, Booker. So he, you get in touch with him. I forget how exactly you end up getting in touch with him, but you, you wormed your way into his yeah, life. Yeah, actually, a, a comedy club uh, owner from San Francisco knew him and said, "Hey, you should oh. look at this guy. He's really funny." Okay, so you, you, you end up getting in touch with yeah. him, 
and he he leaves you a phone message. <laughs> yeah. And it's the most ominous message I've ever heard. Like I would not have wanted to get this from a guy in New York named Eddie New Brill. Too, right. And he says, if I'm you can quote this, but what I ever heard was, I have some words for yes. you. Yeah. Like I've I've seen your routine and I have I've words seen, yeah, for you. You finally saw my thing and, and <laughs> I'm so excited. You can imagine. Listen. Yes. You can imagine how excited I am. Like the letter, I get the letter, it says impossible, yeah. I project it. Yeah. Then I finally get the attention of the, the booker and I get him my stuff and I'm waiting weeks right. to hear back from him. I'm like, is he, did he get it? I don't even know if he got the DVD I sent yeah. him. Is it, finally here for I see the number coming through. Uh, actually, he, I didn't see the number. Yeah, because voicemail. Because you you I was in the bathroom. You were pooping, right. yeah. So I come out and I see I have a call from a New York number. So I'm like, yeah. is this it? So I listen to it and he says, first thing, this is Eddie Brill. And I'm like, right? I'm getting yeah, excited. Right, yeah. And then he says, I watched your tape. Great. Yeah. And then he says, uh, and it gets awkward. Then he goes, uh, I have some words for you. <laughs> Give me a call. And I'm like, and it just like, I have some words for you. <laughs> that's like, weird. That's like something says like, when someone wants to fight or something, yeah, right? Like, like yeah, I got hey, you in the ground. I got yeah. some words for you. Yeah. So it was not a very uplifting message. I will say when I called him back, I think there was a, listen, I, he's got to deal with thousands of comedians sure. i think sure. you know uh i don't know what he was going through that day but i think he was feeling maybe awkward on the phone too and didn't yeah. know what to say i don't know why he didn't just say hey i watched your tape and i want to talk to you about it like That's in a it. nice right yeah, that, yeah. that way but for whatever reason the way he said it on the thing i mean i was just like holy shit because like, <laughs> i was pretty confident i was like right. look they think i'm this this cancer i'm not once they see my comedy they're gonna, so, they're yeah. gonna see that i'm a, a good comic and they're yeah. gonna be impressed so, but then all of a sudden, when you hear the person say, I got some words for you, that's, that's not what you want to hear is the no. beginning of a review. And you know he's not going to give you notes. You know he's not going to give you details. And even if he said, I liked it, or even if he didn't say, I like it, just that we should talk about it. Right, yeah. That's it. Just, I mean, and the thing is, he makes that call, you know, 100 times a week. Like, really, this is, it's so unpolished. Like, yeah, you're, I, you're exactly right. I have talked to him since because he's seen the movie, and uh, I will say he was not... <laughs> he's not happy with his portrayal like he yeah. he sees himself look he's got a very tough job i will say this yeah, he's got yeah, a tough yeah. job he he uh, you know eventually i was able to get on the show and that could, he makes a lot of people's dream come true but a lot of people most people he has to yeah. end their dream and say look you're yeah, not good. you know what i mean it's, it's a very true. few number so he's got a tough job but i think he sees himself as as you know someone who's who's always working with people and on top of it and but, you know, it's it's like um, if you can work one-on-one -on -one with five people, you know, like a small classroom, you're, of course yeah. people are going to get a certain attention versus if you're working in a classroom. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's almost like that because he sees himself as like, oh, the whole time you were trying to get on Letterman, I was so supportive and heavily. And, like I said, again, I have, I have the footage. You hear the things he's saying, yeah, and yeah. I, it doesn't sound supportive. And it sounds like, uh, you know, the, again, so awkward and terrible. And, like, you know, but I, I think he doesn't – you know, we were talking before the podcast. Like, are yeah. you, it's like when you hear your voice for the first time and you're like, yeah. who's that? People yeah. are like, that's you. That's how you sound. And you're like, what? That's how I sound? Yeah. I think that was the shock when he saw the movie. He had never uh, seen yeah. the other side. Like, oh, how how is it when I'm rejecting people? Like, he doesn't see when he hangs <laughs> up the phone. He Even if yeah. he gives someone good feedback, but he's saying no, he doesn't see the aftermath. And this movie kind of showed him. I think it, it was hard for him to kind of see the other side. Like, yeah. what, what every comic 
who's trying to impress him is going through. Well, and the other thing is that, you know, he really does – I mean, he kept calling you. You know, I mean, it wasn't like he called you once. He kept working with you. So yes, clearly, he did, yeah. when you're watching it, you realize that even if he doesn't believe in you, he wants to. Right, yes. And, and so he's – He's mean, a great guy. Like yeah. I said – He's it, giving it, you a lot of time. I mean, No doubt. That's what I mean. I, I feel bad at, at, in some ways, like, because he, he – like I said, he doesn't think it's – he's like, oh, I don't think it's a fair portrayal. And I, I think we, we did a good job. I think we could have yeah. – it could have been – there, there were other things where he could have made him look worse. But yeah. we know he's such a nice guy and, and yeah. so supportive. Uh, like I said, I think it is just one of those things, like you, you when you first hear your own yeah. voice, it's such a shock. But you need he's that, a good guy. Yeah. You, you need that character, though. You need him to be like that. He's the gatekeeper, Yeah, right? I mean, he's, you have to. And he's it, the it, obstacle it works. in the movie, yeah. Um, so he has, speaking of obstacles, so he has uh, rules, right? So here, uh, so, um, so here, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so the, the set that you ended up doing, I remember before I talked to you, I watched it yeah. and I remember I was, I was, my first reaction was he got his dream on Letterman and he talked for five minutes about keys About keys. and yeah. I was like, wow, like the, what, why would he do that? Right. And so I realized that you don't choose, I didn't know this, you don't choose it at all. What you right. put on Letterman has to go through a very serious set of rules yes. to get put on there, and those rules are as follows. Well, yeah, these are the sum of the rules. These yeah. are three that we know. So, yeah. so what were they? They were. So, uh, uh, this is originally uh, no characters. They don't want you to be doing any characters. Right. Um, no long stories. Right. And I can't think. No physical. I was. I was. I'm a, a pretty physical. I, I wouldn't even describe myself as physical, but I have some jokes that I get very physical in. Sure. And on TV, that just doesn't transfer. So that's the right. three of the rules. I'm sure they have a bunch of other rules. Obviously, no, you know, no cussing. Right. No, yeah. But three of the rules he said early Don't on when he blue. saw one of my sets was like, "Hey, you're very physical. You do a lot of characters, and you have a lot of longer stories. Mm -hmm. Those are things we wouldn't." We wouldn't, you know, so he's, he's trying to give me direction. So those are the three things. I try and start doing the opposite of that. Thing. Right. So you worked for a long time, actually, you know, for, for uh, a long time trying to come up with a set of jokes that, f that, were, that were both funny and fit into his set of rules. Right. Yes. Yeah. And the ones he chose were <laughs> so, uh, broke every rule, I believe. The thing. Right. He eventually, the the key joke that you're talking about yeah. uh, broke basically every rule. There's characters. I'm I'm imitating both uh, the front desk person and my wife in it. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's one long story. I mean, it, it's a little bit of a high wire act. I've had other comedians. Uh, I wasn't extremely happy. That's not if I made a list of my jokes that I wanted to do on Letterman, that key joke, the one I eventually did, yeah. would probably be on the bottom of the list. Yeah, you got funny stuff. That yeah, listen, like yeah, it's, stuff. Not, it's yeah. not my favorite joke. I was glad they walked. Listen, yeah. he's the gatekeeper. He's like, this is the joke that's going to get you on right. Letterman. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I've obviously, I've submitted a bunch of other jokes <laughs> right, that yeah. I thought were funnier. Right, right. Uh, but this is the one he's saying, so I, that's the one I go with. But I will say, in the end, the great thing was a lot of comics afterwards, uh, even big name comics, like, were like, you know what's impressive? You you did one. Not many comics do one whole subject. The pro, the the high wire act of that is, let's say thirty seconds in, that mm. audience isn't enjoying where you're going. Yeah. You you can't go to a different. It's not you're you in know, the car in a short. <laughs> exactly. You're in the car you're going the, to Vegas. We're all yeah. going. You're yeah. all with me for this. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a extra risk with that. Uh, so th that did make it exciting, and there I am proud of that part of it. 
But again, it's not it's not my favorite joke. It's not the joke if you said, hey, Steve, you can be on Letterman tomorrow. That, yeah. I, that wouldn't have been anywhere near the list of right. what I would have wanted to. <laughs> that was interesting to me because it really, yeah. I mean, it, honestly, I was it was really bothering me. Yeah. And then when I heard the rules, it all made sense because you got to yeah. work under someone else's, you know, he's running it. It's just, that's and, how it works. And again, you know, and then the irony works. is, in the end, the joke that I do is, Every one of those rules, it breaks every rule that he says. Did you want to strangle him at that point? I Not, mean, did you really want to be like, dude, I've been working for years trying to get you what you want, and you take... You know, it's not even that. We realize some of that, like... He won't listen to this. If you want to strangle him, you No, no, no. <laughs> it's one of those... I was so excited, obviously, after all that time yeah. to finally get on the show. I didn't care. I almost didn't... I submitted a uh, DVD with five minutes of kind of the jokes he said he wanted. This yeah. was like the ninth, tenth... DVD I'd sent him. So yeah. five minutes of that, and then this joke just happened to be on the end, and I was going to edit oh, okay. it off because it didn't fit. It was wow. one long joke. I wasn't even going to send it. And I just got, I don't want to say lazy, but I was just like fed up <laughs> of like chopping that stuff off, yeah. and I was like, you know what? This is a funny joke. Audiences are loving it. Yeah. I'm just going to send it. Who yeah. cares? If he doesn't, he'll stop watching if he doesn't sure, like it, right? Yeah. And I sent it, and of course, you know, the way the universe works, he calls back, says he doesn't like the first one, but he loves this joke <laughs> at the end. And of course, in the beginning, I'm like, I can't believe this. I've been doing everything to not write a joke like that or send it to him, and this is the one he likes. But at the same point, now I'm excited because I'm like, oh, well, I must be getting close. If he likes this, he's telling me he likes this joke. Yeah. And if I could work some of the kinks that he doesn't like about it out, so I didn't even think in the beginning, wow, this breaks every rule. I knew it wasn't the kind of joke. That's just kind of how I thought about it. But yeah. I didn't, when, it was almost when we were editing yeah. the movie, the documentary, we realized, wow, here you, we have on tape him saying, I don't like these three things. Yeah. And now the joke I ended up doing was yeah. those three things. So yeah. it, was, it was way after the fact that, that it became so obvious. <laughs> and I think it's one of those things, I always attribute it because people oh. are like, does Eddie not know what he's looking for? How can he? How can yeah. he say these are the rules and then he does the opposite? I really think it's it's the thing where you say, someone says, "Hey, what kind of women do you like?" I like brunettes. Yeah, yeah. And then every time you see that guy with a blonde, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. people say they know what they want, but you really only know it when you see it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what Eddie like. He's like his general rules are probably like, I don't like you know me and Dave don't like characters. We don't like mm -hmm. long stories. We're but all of a sudden, you give a joke that has all those things, and they think it's funny. Mm -hmm. The rules go out the window. Like, yeah. you know, if it, if, if, when I see it, I know it kind of thing. So and the rules I don't think, yeah, I don't think when he said it, I don't yeah. think in his head he was like, this breaks every rule I have. <laughs> I think he just thought, this is funny, and, and it would work on our show. Well, and the things and the rules are there for a reason. So obviously, physical comedy it tra it's it, it works in a live audience. Doesn't translate yes. across TV. That makes sense. He's, mm. he's got a TV show, right. you know. And I'm sure the other things, characters, yeah, I, I, they have re the rules are there for a reason. It's not it's not necessarily yeah. just taste. There's logistics. Exactly. And well. like I said, obviously the, the long story makes sense if 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 it's not, if it's not working in the beginning. Yeah. There's nowhere to go then. No, that's true. You don't get to change subjects. Uh, so when you got the set and you got on, I mean, what? You know, I mean, it's hard, I guess it's hard to encapsulate your feelings like yeah. in in words. But I mean, you're you know, you've been working on this. Here's what blew my mind. Blew my mind is it? It took four years. Yeah, it took the, almost the whole five the, years the, of my diagnosis <laughs> of the worst case. <laughs> and and the premise of the movie is we'll do it for a year. And I remember I saw at the end of the first year, I was like, wow, this is okay. So that's okay. We reset it. But then it happens a couple times. Uh, yeah, I keep resetting. Four years later, yeah. you get on, you achieve it. I mean, what is it like to you know? Is it just like 
another day at the end, or is it like you know? No, I mean, were you, uh, yeah. were you sexually aroused when you were about to go on? <laughs> I mean, like, what is it? I taped my penis down <laughs> yes. so it wouldn't show on TV. I mean, like, what does that feel like to be it, sitting backstage in the green room? You it know? was pretty surreal. I mean, it, it's one of those things. I think you know. Remember when you were a kid, just before the internet. I'm sure kids look on the internet or wherever they they see yeah. now and they pick their Christmas toys. But you used to make your Christmas list. You'd go in the catalog in November or October, and you'd be like, "These are the toys I want." You'd make the list, yeah. and then you get them on Christmas. You're so excited. You get them on Christmas. You're excited for about ten minutes, and then you know, it's like, oh, it's it, a it just toy. can't live up. You you yeah, you've wanted it so for for months, and yeah. and it can't live up to. That. This is the one thing in life that surpassed what I was expecting it to be. No kidding. I mean that that day and everything around it. And I, you know, there's many reasons for it. Uh, you know, I, I get to New York, and the, the hotel they put me up is called the Dream Hotel. I mean, it just happens oh, to be where that. they oh, really... they put people uh, that are performing on Letterman. It's called the Dream Hotel. So it was kind of like huh. all these little weird things happened. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, I got to meet him backstage that day. Biff, who's the stage manager, who's famous on Letterman, he's a, a from a Back to the Future, guy. right? No, no, I'm not that Biff. Uh, oh. he, he's the, the famous... A he, real guy named Biff. A real guy named Biff, yeah. <laughs> oh. He's, he's a, the famous stage player. Him and I talked forever backstage. Uh, listen, the, the, the stage, I got to go on the stage beforehand, and uh, Eddie was like, oh, this is where you'll stand. And I remember saying to him, and he's like, okay, you want to go back to the green room? And you know, no one's in the, in the Ed Sullivan Theater. I was like, can I stay here a little longer? And I just wanted, because I was like, I, this is going to be my home for six minutes. Yeah. I wanted to feel as comfortable as possible on there. So I'm yeah. looking over and there's Dave's desk and there's Paul's Oh, you know, it's stuff. weird, yeah. And then it hit me. I'm like, this this is the Ed Sullivan Theater. This is where Elvis was on the same stage. Yeah. The Beatles. This is yeah. where they made their thing. And like, so there was, there was so much more about it. Um, and I remember standing backstage and, and this could have been, this could have made me feel extra nervous, but for some reason it was, it gave me the opposite effect. Every person like who I said, who had reached out over those years and sent Dave an email or sent me something saying, Hey, you know what? I always wanted to write a novel and you inspired me to do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and you know, I wrote it. All those people, I felt like all those people were with me. Like I had won already before I ever stepped yeah. out on that stage. Like even if I had went out and died, I was like, you made it. You, you, you suck with it. You got rejected. Yeah. Dozens of times. Yeah. You said this was going to take a year. It's taken you four. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you might, you, five years ago, you were thinking you might be dead. Or four years ago, you were right, thinking yeah. you might be dead by this point. And, uh, and here you are. So I, that day, for whatever reason, I didn't feel nervous. I just, I was able to enjoy it. I remember telling the joke and being in my head at one point and thinking the, how fun it was. Like the, the audience kept just giving me applause breaks. Yeah. And I was thinking, you could just go right past the end of this joke yeah. and start telling different jokes that they didn't sure. approve. And I was like, what, what are they going to do? Nothing. What are they going to do? Like, yeah. they, at some point, they'll cut away to commercial or something. <laughs> right. And, or someone will walk out and say. Just steal the show from Dave. How awesome is that? Listen, <laughs> it, at some point, in, uh, but what are they going to do? Like, the audience is with you. You could yeah. just keep telling jokes. Sure. You don't know if you're ever going to be back here anyways. Why not just, like, that's in my mind. And then all of a sudden, I start thinking, Get the hell out of your mind! You're in the middle of a joke here. You need to be selling the joke and telling it the right way, and not not thinking about like, hey, just keep to do 20 minutes here and see what happens. You know, the battle in your head. But it was one of those things. That's how in the moment I was that I that I was able that free. Like I get nervous if I go and practice a new joke or yeah. something at a coffee shop with three people, which there's no risk whatsoever to it. Yeah. But that day. Yeah, it was it was as good as I've ever felt on stage. I mean, it was wow. it, it it came up at the right time, and it's yeah, it's special. It's it's one of those like, if I'm having a bad day or something like that, even now I can get back 
like just in touch with that moment for a second yeah. of being on that stage and, and yeah. how great it felt. And you know, and then it, again, you know, you don't meet Dave before the show. Some hosts you meet. No kidding. He doesn't oh, come up to the green oh. room. So the minute you, the only time you meet him is that second when you say, uh, when you're done, you know then he's coming up behind you. Yeah. And, and you're going to get to meet him. So, yeah, there was a bunch of just, good, you know, cool things. You see in the movie, there's a bunch of weird stuff that happens around. A lot of weird, yeah. You know, did, uh, my wife, is, you know, who's been with me through this whole thing these all these years, she ends up, you know, uh, not being able to make it to the show and that kind of thing. So That was devastating to me. <laughs> like, was, yeah, I was yeah, like, was whoa, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. That's what's hard. It was <laughs> tough. I mean, she, she has been my, you see in the movie, I mean, she's... She's at some level the heart of the movie. I talk about yeah, you know yeah, the, yeah. the dream to be on Letterman is a kind of a selfish thing. She's the she's the heart and the support of it. So all of a sudden, I had reached this finish line or close to it. I knew I was in the last hundred yards, and the person who supported me through all of it isn't going to be isn't able to be there with me. She's yeah. sick. Yeah. You know, I mean, she you know ended up just being we don't even know like a stomach flu or food poisoning or something. Yeah. But I'm going on to do something she's helped me with every step of the way. And she's, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, she's like, is she okay? Yeah, What's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it was, it was tough. You know, I, you know, I wanted her there. So. Yeah. That's um, yeah. That, I mean, it really bothered me because I mean, you're sitting there, you're talking to her and she really wants to come out and you're, I was like, man, like, you know, you're crossing that finish line, you look in the stands, and I'm surprised you guys didn't zoom in on an empty seat. <laughs> right, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's where she would have As sat. you slowly cross it with this <laughs> frown on your face. Like, that's the Hallmark version. That's yeah. It. Um, so, uh, uh, when, when, when the process took so long, I have a couple more questions. Cause yeah. I, I think we're, the, when the process took so long, did you ever at any point think you had lost your shot, that you had missed your opportunity uh, over and, and over doing this over and over? And I think I say it a couple of times in the movie, like there were times, you know, uh, just email communications or, you know, where Eddie says one thing, but I think he's saying another. And, and you, you think, oh, did I just blow that? Or oh. there was there was a year and a half where I didn't hear from Eddie, where I sent him DVDs and, and just no word from him. So I was thinking, wow, did they just, they saw the early DVDs and said, yeah, you're funny, but not right for the show. And now they've yeah. just Moved given on. up, you know. But I... You know, it was one of those things, uh, I, and I think you see in the movie the ups and downs of it. It wasn't, it wasn't like I have this dream and I'm going to chase it, and everything worked out great along the way. It doesn't. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs to it, and a lot of, you know, there's times I was depressed, and you know, but you pick up the pieces and you're like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep trying. You know, I, one of the best reviews I enjoyed of the movie, um, someone said is it's a uh, um, a love letter to to persistence, hmm. and and I think so. I think that's just hmm. you know. It, that's what I would get if I, you know, I didn't make the film. You know, some I, some filmmakers did. And when I watch it, it they've done such a good job. I think that's what they focus on, too, is that, you know, yeah, I keep getting rejected, but you just keep coming back. And, and you know, what else are you going to do? Right. Right? Right? I mean, I, I got a, a cancer diagnosis. That I might not be here. What's the, well, getting rejected by the Letterman show is, isn't as bad as that. Right. And so I kept sending DVDs, kept sending, kept, you know, knocking on their door and you know eventually I, again i don't know what that year and a half was where i never heard anything from them yeah i don't know if they they watched the dvds i sent and didn't like them i don't know if they had given up on me for a while and thought all right this is you know uh let's just let this go maybe he'll stop <laughs> maybe they wish i would <laughs> yeah. and, you know but i i you know i kept doing it and uh you know again so like i said there's there's down times and but like anything you, you bounce back from those and 
know, did the producer, forward. Did the producer ever sit down with you and say, hey, you know what, like year two goes by and like I think nothing, I think it takes up three minutes of the film. An entire year, 365 days, yeah. takes up a small amount of time because nothing happens. Did they ever sit down and say, hey, you know what, we got other projects or like we're, you know, like I imagine you limited the amount of times you turned on a camera, you know, like only for... No, what, yeah. Was there ever a conversation, I guess? Is my no, question. no, no, not at all. In fact, uh, you know, a lot of the movie is shot. Like I said, we had 300 hours. Uh, we kept shooting the movie. Listen, they had other projects doing. If, if I knew something was happening, let's say I had a doctor's visit or something like that, the, the filmmakers would come with us, mm. you know, to the oncologist. Or let's say Eddie said, sent me an email and said, hey, I want to talk to you Friday night. They would come and be there for that or something like that. But most of it is, you know, self-shot or my friend shot if mm. something happens, you know, or if I if something bad happens, I get bad news. I just set the camera up myself. They, you know, they do all the post-production sure. editing of it. But, you know, all the camera work mostly is me and Denise and diary cams and uh, us shooting stuff. Like when I go overseas or stuff like that, shooting it ourselves. Um, so I'm sure they got busy at some point and they were like, is he ever going to get on? But they were <laughs> yeah, luckily, yeah. listen, like I said, they yeah. were friends as well. So yeah. they never said that. But, you know, they, they always just said, just keep shooting, just keep shooting. Right. And listen, maybe in the back of their head, they were like, yeah, he's, you know, it's not going to happen for yeah. him. And, you know, we'll shoot to infinity. We'll see, yeah. It's his tape, not mine. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, but they, listen, we, we always joked in the beginning, there were two endings to the movie. <laughs> either, either I was going to get on Letterman or I was going to die. So right. I'm, in the end, uh, we were happy that the <laughs> ending was the Letterman. But I'm sure they thought at one point, because again, we, you see in the movie, I say, I'm giving myself a year to do this. It doesn't yeah. happen a year. I extend it two years, three years. So I'm sure on their end, listen, they're, they're great people. Yeah. So I'm sh they never said it to me, but I'm sure on, on their end at some level they're like, eh, you know, is, right. it, is this guy ever going to do it? Maybe he's just not, <laughs> yeah, he's just not good enough. I mean, yeah, they could have been. Uh, so what are, you, what are you doing now? What do you, what's, uh, what's going yeah, on Yeah, so now? still comedy. That's still how, you know, I make my little, living what traveling you, the country. Uh, where do you travel? Just all across? Yeah, or? all across. I mean, most of it, I, you know, I grew up in the Midwest in Chicago, so most of my stuff tends to be between Chicago and here. Okay. Um, you know, I get out to the East Coast, New York, and, and Virginia, and Florida, and those kind of places every once in a while, or yeah. Ohio, but most of it tends out to be, look, I live here in Los Angeles, so lots of West Coast stuff, but yeah, just touring around doing comedy clubs. Um, you know, I've written, I think I told you, I wrote for Ellen for a season. Mm. Um, but, yeah, my, my love is stand-up comedy. I love, you know, doing other things, working on other shows and stuff like that. But, you know, the the, the bulk of my work is, yeah, just touring, doing stand-up comedy. Uh, hitting the road. Hitting humping the, road, humping yeah. the road, as they humping say. It, yeah. So what, uh, how can people get in touch with you? So uh, I have a website, Steve Mazon, M-A-Z-A-N, uh, .com. They can check me out there. Uh, or you can put that into YouTube. You can see videos of me. Um, and the infamous key thing. The infamous, you can see the, the key infamous joke on Letterman. Letterman. Yeah, yeah, you can see, uh, you can see uh, my sets on Craig Ferguson. You can see sets from comedy clubs. You can see a lot of the jokes that I think <laughs> they should have let me do on Letterman. Yeah. Uh, you can see all those up there. Um, yeah, and you can What see, about Twitter? Do you have a Twitter? Yeah, I have Twitter. Social media, yep, as they call it now. Steve underscore Mazon. Uh, M-A-Z-A-N again. And uh, yeah, on Facebook, if you just put Steve Mazon, M-A-Z-A-N. Uh, in Facebook, Steve Mays, a comedian, comes up. I'm on there a bunch. Um, but yeah, and you, uh, Dying to Do Letterman uh, is the name of the film. And that has its own website. The website, this is kind of cool. The website I started to get on the show, you know, like, so I put videos up there uh, mm -hmm. so people could watch the videos. And if they thought I was going to send Dave an email, that's now become the website for the movie. The movie. So now it's dyingtodoletterman.com. You can go there and, uh, you know, there's a link to it. It's on iTunes, it's Amazon, how people see on it. demand. Okay. Uh, it'll be on Netflix soon. Um, so yeah, uh, people can check check all that out, and uh, yeah. So 
That's uh, you see me at a comedy club or you know uh, you corporate. I've, I've done some corporate speaking. I've done like, do you know the TED talks? Do you know those? Uh -uh. There's uh, there's these talks there. Oh, the sorry, TED talks. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah. I've done a couple of those since just uh, out of the uh, you know. Um, Dine Do Letterman project and the, you know people okay. being, being inspired by that. So That's yeah, good. there's a lot of that stuff. Like I said, if you put my name in the internet, it comes up. It comes so <laughs> you can find me then. That's good for the right reasons. <laughs> for the right reasons, yeah, yeah. exactly. There's a sex tape yeah. <laughs> solo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Steve, that's all the time we got, man. Thank you so yeah, much, no, man. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking time out. And thanks and, again uh, for saving that dog. And thank you for helping me save the dog. That's, <laughs> we both did it. It's a team effort. I haven't heard it barking in a while. I hope it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's still, still saved. We're going to go check on that. Uh, thank you for listening, guys, and um, have a good night.